Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. Flame was born Marcus Gray in St. Louis, Missouri. He is the only child and the product of the 80s, baby. The Reagan era shifted the direction of his hood when a mass importation of crack cocaine hit the streets. Gang culture started developing and rap was growing in popularity. At the same time, the church had a strong presence in the community. The crack, the gangs, the rap, and the church all contributed in shaping the mind of young Marcus. Fortunately, he grew up with both parents. Unfortunately, he had to watch his dad struggle with drug and alcohol abuse. His father was a functioning user. He worked and tried to maintain some sort of structure in the household. When his mother was younger, she too struggled with drug abuse. But the way that it impacted her was just the chemical balance in her brain just got really altered. So it just developed this thing that we call schizophrenia and depression as a result. So it had a different effect on her, you know, which was also hard to see and to observe. And I didn't really know the terms or what was going on, but I knew something was different, you know, with my mom versus other people's moms, although she still nurtured me and cared for me and, you know, taught me the scriptures and kept me involved in extracurricular activities and took me to church regularly. She still had that issue as a result of her choices, you know, as a young girl. So there would be moments where as long as she was on her, you know, medication, um, things would be fine. But there was a version of Christianity that uh, wasn't as helpful. So you had a lot of people that would tell my mom, you know, God's going to heal you. Just stop taking your medicine and, and trust him. And if you do take medicine, you're demonstrating that you don't trust God. And so she just would go through these periods of time trying to trust God and believe God to pretty much, you know, restore her, her stability in her mind, uh, which was bad advice, you know. And that's when she would go through the episodes of just not being able to function regularly. She feels like she's either a different person, I'm a different person. You know what I mean? Just these crazy thoughts. And uh, we we learned to kind of expect them if she got a hold to some of that bad theology. It was like, okay, here we go. I mean, ever since Adam sinned, we've been living in a fallen world, y'all. And now we've been affected by all types of things, man. ADD, schizophrenia. Ah, this for you, man. This song is for you, my sisters and brothers who struggle with depression. Not just the blues, but a struggle with depression. I know. Maybe it's clinical and got you taking medicine. Uh, or maybe not, but you taking counseling sessions. And keep it up. That's excellent. Take when she was on her meds and cognitive, which was the majority of the time, his mom instilled in him Christian principles. She made sure he did his scripture memorization, was involved in youth groups, 
and served with outreach programs. Despite his mom's best efforts, Marcus would still act out. With the upbringing that I had, I always had a, a Christian conscience. So, you know, my mind, my decisions were, were informed by Christian principles. So there was, there, was, there was a line that I did not want to cross, but I was comfortable getting close to the line. So for me, I just, I got infatuated with the drug culture. I remember just getting into parties and going to clubs. You know, again, my friends were older than me. I never went through the ranks of being a part of a gang, but I remember just being so impressed by the gang culture. And I just wanted to fit in. So I tried to affiliate with a certain gang and wear the colors. And, you know, I would try to represent the gang in school or in my neighborhood and my community. And I got into a lot of fights, a lot of trouble. And even at my high school, I ended up getting into a lot of trouble. A lot of dudes from my neighborhood just had a problem with me. Typical teen, kind of in the, in the city, didn't want to live a criminal lifestyle because I was afraid to cross that line. I didn't want to be dead or in jail, but I wanted to enjoy some of the fast-pacedness that came along with those lifestyles. Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at testimonystories.com. That's testimonystories.com. Where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at testimonystories.com. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. got into so much trouble and eventually got kicked out of school. On his way home from orientation for his new school, a major event happened that caused him to look at life differently. The ironic thing is there was an 18-wheeler riding pretty close to us and I had just had a conversation with one of my friends about not liking to ride next to trucks. So I thought about that conversation while I'm riding next to a truck. So I just prayed. I just said a quick little popcorn prayer. You know, I wasn't a Christian, but I believed. So I said, Lord, will you protect us from getting into an accident with this truck? In Jesus' name, I pray. 
And literally when I said amen, that's when we collided with the truck. Uh, obviously, he lost control of the truck, and he hit us. So he hit us one time, and we're spinning now, uh, going about 65, 70 miles per hour in a 360. And out of that, you know, that collision, there was a 12-car pileup. And then he hits us a second time. Um, we bounce back into traffic, and then finally he fishtails again and hits us a third time, and then the car hits the left shoulder of the highway, and then it flips over. So I'm in the back seat, 16 years old. I'm terrified. Um, you know, my left side of my body is, is in pain, but primarily I remember intensely being afraid of that I was about to die, and I thought, like, man, I'm about to die, and I'm about to go to hell because I, I know I have not lived out the things that I know about God, that I know about Jesus. So there's only one place for me to go at this point. It was just this strange, eerie acceptance of my fate. And that was that was the thing that really had me terrified in the backseat of that car. Uh, but I remember after that point, I started to be concerned about my life. I realized that God had spared me, and I was like, man, what do I do at this point? So I went to my grandmother, you know, and I asked her, why did God let this happen? And I said, I prayed. I said the magic words in Jesus's name, right? You say that at the end of every prayer and God is obligated to answer. I said those words. Why did he allow this to happen? She just told me, I don't know why. I don't know why he let it happen. I can't answer that. She said, but I know that you need to repent. You need to turn from your sin. You know, right from wrong. And, um, I, I didn't want to hear that, but at the same time, it, it was so real and uh, that I, I understood what she was trying to communicate. And then shortly after that discussion, my grandmother died from a heart attack. Those two events back to back really just rocked me. They altered my life. I was upset with God. I didn't know why he would allow these two events to happen back to back. Okay, I get it, the accident, whatever. But now my grandmother... You know, do you hate me? Why did you let this happen? And uh, so that's that's when I kind of went internal. I, I insulated myself and isolated myself from, from everybody other than a couple of friends. One of my friends, his dad had just got life in prison. And uh, so he had this big old house to himself. So we just wasted our lives over there, just getting high, partying, you know, just having fun all the time, girls coming over, dudes coming over, hanging out, listening to music, just house parties every day. You know, eventually I was invited to church by this girl that I met at the high school. And I was like, ah, I'm cool. I don't know if I want to go to church right now. But she kept persisting, like, you should come, you should visit, you should visit. So eventually, uh, probably after about maybe two months, I eventually went and uh, heard, heard the gospel. And uh, I just, I wept like a baby. I said, man, like, this sounds like the stuff my grandmother was telling me. Um, and, and, but it's settling on my heart in a special way this time. And I, and I gave my life to the Lord. And I was overwhelmed with his love. I just felt like, like, why do I feel feelings of love when hours ago I was upset and felt hatred? Like, what are you doing inside of me that I, I can't control myself? And that's what really kind of drew me to him. Now I want to honor him like Psalm 127. Can't wait to worship with him for eternity.
Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. When Marcus got saved, the Lord immediately took all his vices away, and he would skip class to preach the gospel in the bathroom. Clearly, he still had some growing to do. This caused strife amongst his friends he knew since first grade. They literally hated him and said he was ruining their rap group. God introduced him to some brothers in Christ that he is still rocking with. But back then, as a rapper, he didn't know what to talk about anymore since he was no longer abusing drugs, objectifying women, and disrespecting men. So he stopped cursing in his raps. And as he matured in his faith, he added in Bible scriptures. Then he started performing in juvenile detention centers and prisons. Now the only thing he needed to change was the meaning behind his name, Flame. So everybody knew me as Flame, but I knew when I became a Christian, I couldn't keep the same meaning behind it because I called myself Flame at that point because I used to always have weed. I used to always have marijuana. So everybody knew Flame got that fire. I come to school, I got weed in my socks, everything. Um, <laughs> so I was reading through the book of Jeremiah, and um, I saw that, in short, he just had the responsibility to say hard things to people that didn't want to hear it. And uh, got him into a lot of trouble, a lot of persecution. And he got to the point where he said, you know what, God, I'm not going to make mention of your name anymore. But then he says, but your word is like a fire shot up in my bones. And I was like, man, I, bet, I think that describes my personality. I feel this fire, this passion to say hard things to people who don't want to hear them or people who, you know, want to hear them, but they're afraid to hear them. I feel this passion to say them and not be mean, be tactful and gracious, but nevertheless, make sure that they're said. So I, I kind of adopted that, uh, that definition to the name Flame. In 2004, he released his debut album, Flame. Around that time, Grammy Award-winning rapper Nelly was wildly successful, and the Rams won the Super Bowl, putting St. Louis on the map. Flame was known as the first Midwest Christian rapper to gain a national platform. He thanks Cross Movement for that. I was a diehard fan of Cross Movement. You know, I used to go on the internet and go on their website and just read little devotionals they had. I would read things uh, that they, you know, shared from their mission trips in other countries. And I was like, man, these dudes do what we do, but on a bigger scale. So I had the opportunity to, uh, to actually go to one of their concerts. I didn't know Christian rap was a thing, uh, really. I had heard of it before, but I didn't know it was an industry. I didn't know people had concerts. So we went to this concert and we saw other people there saying their lyrics. And I was like, man, this is the weirdest thing in the world. I've never seen this. And uh, so we got a chance to meet them afterwards. And I gave them one of my CDs and they ended up calling me back. 
in a week and a half. They were like, man, we love the music. We love the professionalism of the packaging. We love the branding and the graphics. Just really encouraging me. And as a young Christian, I was like, man, that's uh, that means a lot coming from these dudes. They end up landing a distribution deal with Provident and Sony, BMG. And they're saying, well, we're going to open up our group and expand it to, and to actually develop in a record label. And we would love for you to be one of the artists. So they put me in a space to be a first Midwest Christian rapper with national attention. I was in the schools, in the mall, on the job, on the streets. This is how it's gotta be. I'm talking about obedience. Fearing God, not man, that is the ingredients. Yes, I know you can relate. Some of y'all are shocking up. Time for you to move it out. Get your clothes, pack it up. Yes, I know you can relate. Why are you standing still when the Lord has called you to hit the foreign mission field? Yes, I know it's hard. His fourth album, Our World Redeemed, was the last album with the cross movement. It had massive commercial success and was nominated for a Dove, Stellar, and Grammy Award. Flame and his wife, Crystal, thought it would be a good idea to use that momentum to start their own label. In 2010, he launched Clearsight Music. In early 2013, Flame released the controversial song, Number One Spot, which sparked a huge dialogue in the Christian hip-hop community about taking the gospel out of the music and had some calling it a diss record. See, my conscience is held captive by the word of God. And to act against conscience is neither right nor safe. Everybody want the number one spot. 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 Everybody, 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 Listen up, see this big homie, Stella nominee, big homie, Dub nominee, big homie, Grammy nominee, big homie. Four tours, six albums, number one Billboard charter boy, over 300,000 records sold. Long way from being a water boy, look, looking at the game now, and I ain't impressed with. Look, looking at the game, wow, I'm kind of depressed with. Cause everybody want that fame, everybody wanna get dope, everybody want a big name, and ain't nobody talking about doing ministry no more. Everybody wanna get all in a secular, hoping for that open door. Take a little bit of that Jesus out, and maybe they'll accept you more. Accept the Lord. The first verse is just brutally honest, right? It's just my internal. I'm opening you up to my internal reasoning. So I'm just like, what's going on? Like I see people changing. I see people tweaking their content. Like. Why? The second verse is more counseling bent. It's more like, okay, let's talk about what's going on potentially in our minds, in our hearts, as we are making these decisions. Let's kind of get more specific. And then the third verse is it brings it full circle by saying, you know what? At the end of the day, we can agree to disagree on different approaches and different ways to do ministry. In history, church history, New Testament times, God has used a disagreement to develop two missionary uh, entities rather than one. So fast forward 2013, maybe that's what he's doing now. You know, people taking different approaches, amen, different people will be reached. But the last verse is saying, but at the end of the day, let us still be concerned about the gospel. Let us make sure whatever approach you're taking, you're leveraging your platform to connect with people and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, we believe in Galatians 2, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you don't own yourself. You don't have the right to say, I'm not going to share the gospel. I just don't feel like it. You could say, well, I'm going to 
phase A, I'll just use the arts to do this, and phase B, I'll connect with people, and then phase C, I'll give them the gospel. Amen. That's what the song was just having that discussion, having that debate, and I feel like a lot of people have benefited from it. A lot of people say, you know what, I saw myself going down that path because it was a fad, and I'm glad that you spoke about it. Other people say, you know what, although I'm taking a different approach than you, Flame, but I appreciate the challenge and the reminder to make sure I'm on some level leveraging my platform for the sake of the gospel um, and getting creative in ways to reach people if I'm not going to do it in phase A, i.e. my song. You know what I mean? I'll at least try to do that off the stage. Thank you for the challenge. And that's the part that, that made me feel like, praise God, that good came out of it because that was my intention. It wasn't to be weird or mean or divisive. It was to mature us and press us forward. Like Jeremiah saying uncomfortable things out of passion, uh, but wanting godly results and not just trouble in the land. <laughs> On October 1st, 2013, Flame released his seventh album, Royal Flush. In the song Believe, he spoke about lots of hot-button topics, and one in particular being homosexuality. There is no time to lose So from the body, body, present with him, amen, and while I'm in the body, baby, I'm putting on, the aroma of Christ, Christ. can you smell my cologne? cologne, it's a strong fragrance, just let it permeate, my life and my speech, just speak my statement of faith, amen, because what I believe is more than meant to consist, it's true, but it's the truth in it that should lead me to repent, amen, and for these raw facts, we catch a lot of flack, we do, and some have deviated, and some come crawling back, amen, cause there are Consequences when you regard them as wax. It's true. But when you trust, trust it's just like yeah. the garden is back. I know you know the truth. When I think about believe, it reminds me of like a creed or a doctrinal statement because I'm just giving you bullet points of some of the things that historically Christians have stood for, should stand for, and, and should continue to fight for. And in our culture right now, people are either trivializing the Bible, Christianity, or they're just outright trying to discredit our faith. And I think because of that pressure, a lot of Christians are try trying to tweak and figure out a way to get non-Christians to like us. And a lot of Christians are trying to figure out how can we come across as cool, as charismatic, as savvy, as smart as uh, not weird and still maintain some Christian distinction. And oftentimes people, we lose our distinction because we're trying to fit in so much. And that song is just saying, look, the gospel is offensive. We don't want to add to the offense by being mean or angry all the time. But nevertheless, we still have to stand for what Christianity is. What I wanted to do was show the relevance of the Bible. Um, you may not agree or enjoy the relevance, but nevertheless, this ancient book is still speaking to issues that people are talking about today. And uh, so what I want to do with that specific topic was to say, you know what, these things 
that God has set in place or for our benefit. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted to start off by saying, like, God isn't being mean or trying to ruin our fun or hinder our human experience. He's looking out for our benefit. So anything that he set in place is for us to enhance our human experience. It's not to suppress it. So when you talk about marriage being between a man and a woman, or even if it's a hot-button issue, I feel like it's an expression of love that God would give us boundaries. It's an expression of grace that God would say, hey, here's the best way to enjoy this type of relationship. It's with, with the opposite sex. You know what I mean? And that's the way he established it. It speaks volumes as it relates to the creation order. God is telling a story and, and the role of man and woman have distinct parts in the story. And, and, and to usurp his authority, so to speak, not that you can really do that, but to try to, um, it's just the ultimate smack in the face um, when he's trying to love on us and give us a more rich and fuller experience rather than take away from our experience. If you want to enjoy life as a human and, and this, this time that God has given us in this, in this space, here's the best way to do that. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony, and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A musician story. Baited, he represents his island, brothers and sisters. Hey, for them. Yes, I know we rap like them, but little we sounded like we sounded like, but very different, like a harmony. I took advice from my daddy and my mama. They say, boy, this world can be kind of cold, but you create energy depending on what kind of cold. That's cold. Meaning make the most of your situation. But what if your situation was way worse? I'm talking black suits, Paul Barron's black purses. Way worse. What if we were sleep and thinking we awake? And all the material things we've been given were fake. And all the Bentleys, Bugattis, and Basils, they was fake. And that was a fire to cooking places on the plate. And that was a person with a rod. Really not seeing it had his arm hooked on me like smoking them tears. But then there was a guy who sent his only son Ian in to come and rescue women and men from out they see it. Trying to free you from the trap, boy. It's just a fun way to challenge people from being caught in the trap of worldliness. Because worldliness is it's just this vicious cycle of trying to enjoy life and ex God outside of the picture. And if you're if you're in that mindset, you're actually in a trap and you can't really detect it because you feel like there's so much fun here. There's so much enjoyment. I don't want to be free. I like this trap, you know? So what we're saying in a song is 
A, you're in a trap. You know, that's like Christianity sheds light. We talk about how you're in a trap. Here are the following ways you're being tied up in worldliness. And then C, here's how to get out of the trap. I pray the Lord, Maranatha. Lord, I'm, I pray the Lord, Maranatha. Mm, I pray the Lord, Maranatha. I pray the Lord, Maranatha. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten me? Lord, have you forgotten? Please remember me. Lame is a busy man. He's a record label owner who has his master's in Christian education and counseling and wants to teach at a college level. But that doesn't mean he's retiring from the game anytime soon. He would like to have at least 10 albums under his belt before he does that. So Flame fans everywhere can look forward to hearing at least three more gospel-filled albums from Grammy-nominated Lane. Is this the hand that I'm dealt? Is this supposed to be the royal flush? Is this supposed to be the highest hand? Well, I can't tell because I'm getting crushed. Getting crushed. Who am I? Who am I? Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician's story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Why I'm tired of these chains, huh? Why'd you give me these circumstances? You know the doctor can't change, huh? Will you fix me, heal me, eradicate? So filthy, help me abdicate. Equip me, help me navigate. Come quickly, please emancipate. It ain't adding up, I can't calculate. How much longer do we have to wait? I want to believe in having faith, but I know I need to recalibrate. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, have you forgotten?